think I made it. I think I made it. Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast. How are you all doing in quarantine? I'm assuming you're bored because you're listening to this, but, uh, you know, uh, Barcel's back once again. Uh, yes, doing our social distancing uh, Like we said, we're all, we're all pretty bored right now. All our online classes, all the Zoom classes. Hope everyone's staying safe. I tell you. as we said. It's funny with the Zoom conferences. It's like amazing why, like, if I was a businessman or something, I would never go to a global meeting, get on like a seven-hour flight to do some meeting ever again because you can do all your conferences through Zoom. Like, yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, it's see, I like it because I mean today, right? I have I have my nine a.m. I like a lecture. It's like once a week uh, for two credit hour class, and so you know, I woke up at nine o'clock. I just pulled out my laptop, turned on Google Hangout. I just turned off my camera, uh, sat there for 45, 50 minutes, and then as soon as class is over, I just <laughs> yeah, it, it, put the laptop down and went back to sleep. Obviously, it's not ideal, and you want things to get back to normal, but it could be a lot worse. Like, my biggest commute is from my bed to the couch. To like, yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah, that, yeah, I... I totally feel it. I, I'm just, I'm glad I just don't have any, like, really important, like, teaching classes right yeah. in school, because that would be horrible, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's certainly something. The motivation is hard to come by, though. It is, but that much. I look at it this way, it, it could always be worse. I mean, we, yeah. and Frank had to live in, like, a closet for two years. Yeah. Hiding from Nazis, like we're we're stuck inside playing PlayStation with uh, Doritos. Uh, you know, I say it could be a lot. It could be a lot worse. Um, <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. I will say though that it just it's just weird that the world is shut down because usually when I'm bored, I fill my time with like sports. You know, and right. it's just there's nothing. Nothing. I've, well, there's some things, but no, nothing like live. Like it's it's crazy the stuff that you'll watch. Like I was watching. Like, like 2010, like Tim Tebow Broncos highlights. <laughs> and I was like, why, why am I watching this right now? Like, I, don't, <laughs> I was almost convinced Jay Cutler was a good quarterback. I started like, it was the same thing. I got sucked down like a rabbit hole of watching like Jay Cutler highlights. I'm like, this guy was good. And then I was like looking at his numbers. I was like, oh yeah, he, he wasn't good. It's, it's, it's yeah. when you're stuck with Trubisky all these years, you get this glorification of Jay Cutler. <laughs> yeah. No, it's crazy. There was, especially, it's interesting on Twitter to see who the people are talking about. Like, there was this one account that I follow that was talking about, um, it was like Jeremiah Grant from like the Thunder or whatever. I think he's in like the Nuggets now or something like that. Yeah. Like some, so, like, a, a 60 second highlight tape of him. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna start getting like. You know, Minnesota Timberwolves, the Taj Gibson highlight tape soon. Like, we're going to be reaching the bottom of the barrel for this stuff. <laughs> I know. But, you know. Have you been watching any of those, like, throwback games they have on TV? Like, I know today I was watching the game two of, like, the 96 finals at the Bulls Supersonics. Um, Bill Walton was making oh, I did, Yes, I my dad and I tuned into a little bit of that. I watched um, 2016 Cavs Warriors game seven. I saw uh, that, yeah, yeah. That was a good game. And so, especially because, like, today's NBA, everyone's always like, oh, there's no defense. It's higher scoring. But, like, the final score was, like, 93 to 80. It was, like, a low-scoring game yeah, seven. Really like, it was a pretty good defense. Yeah. I obviously had the block. That was, but really, yeah, I, I was I yeah. was impressed. Um, it's, so, hey, now that we're on that topic, actually, a little tangent, but I've seen a lot of people, because that aired and, like, reopened 
the discussion of like that finals. Yeah. Do you think that that 2016 Cavs championship was like the best championship ever won in the NBA? As far as like this best series or most like impressive? Yeah, like like not like game by game, you know, like most entertaining. Because the, seri- like, the, yeah, the yeah, series, yeah, the series stunk if you look at the scores. So I don't think it was like that entertaining, but I think like impressive. Part, I would I think, think so. It's definitely up there. Oh, I, I totally agree. Because you have, especially from LeBron's standpoint, you have the pressure yeah. of, like, you came back to Cleveland and promised to win my title. So you have that promise yeah. lingering over you. You have the 53 years or whatever it was of Cleveland not winning a championship in general in any sport. So you have that whole curse you have to list. Then you have yeah. the 73-win Warriors team on top of that. It was like somewhere like, oh, this is going to be the best regular season team of all time. And then you yeah. throw on your down 3-1 to one, um, yeah. against that team, and you have to win two games in Oakland. Um, I would think, yeah, it, it, I, I would think it's one of the most impressive comebacks, especially when you look at that cast of, like, guys like two years later in Kyrie and LeBron leave is it was mostly the same team somewhat intact and like they, they, they stink they suck so I mean I, yeah. I, I, I would I would say it has to be at least I, I would yeah I can't it, name it off the top of my head I think more impressive. I mean, to see LeBron and Kyrie both dropping like 40 some points mm-hmm. just I mean it was insane Oh yeah, that game yeah. five when they had to win in Oakland, just admit like that was impressive in itself. Like, like you said, they both dropped forty, which was like it's unheard of. Um, yeah, some of the shots too with Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, and like I mean, he is kind of a nut job now. We have the whole flat earthing thing, and he's always hurt and he's bounced around teams. But like in his prime, man, some of the shots he made were like impossible. Like spin yeah. it off the gra- glass, it's like wow, this guy's yeah. impressive. I mean, I mean, you got you got the block by James. And then just come back, just iso ball, just step back three for like the whole series by Kyrie. I mean, that's an, that was that was cinematic. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Much. Did you? So actually, it's funny we're talking about LeBron. I will say with the coronavirus, and I, obviously he wants to play. I mean, it's not good for anyone. Like we we'd yeah. rather have NBA playing. But I would not be surprised if it ends up helping his legacy in the end because it's almost going to be kind of like in a minor way, like a JFK sort of thing, where, like, getting assassinated is really, really good for his legacy, where now it'll be like, he'll have that argument, like, well, that season was cut short, they just came off yeah. of beating the Bucks, yeah. and, like, they could have won the title that year, it was stolen from him, and he was going to win MVP. Like, that's going to be really good, I think, for his legacy yeah. in the long run. Obviously, he would rather prefer to be playing, but I think, yeah. looking back, it'll I mean, probably be good for people arguing that he's the GOAT. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I personally, for the NBA season, I want, I think that they should, when it becomes safe to, like, actually have games, potentially even with fans, I think they should just start the playoffs, just run it. Because, honestly, when you look at it, the only teams that would have a major gripe, obviously teams with seeding could be, like, nitpicky about it, but from where it stood at the moment, teams would just be... Yeah, they'd just be happy to get into basketball. And the only team that can have, like, a legitimate case would probably be the Pelicans, who are the nine seed with Zion back, but... Well, I know I, LeBron was saying this. Like, everyone was saying, all these, like, sports guys, these talking heads at the NFS1 are always like, well, he, you know, he gives them extra time to rest. They're old. And I heard him talking, I think it was on Richard Jefferson's podcast, where he's like, actually, like, my body, I was, like, ramped up in basketball yeah. shape, or I was, like, just peaking. We're now this long layoff. It's gonna take like two or three weeks to get back into basketball, like where I want to be basketball shape wise. Because yeah. you're just kind of sitting around. So I, I think, especially I don't know, you just can't just jump into the t- intensity of like.
like playoff basketball yeah. right away. So yeah. I think you would need those like two weeks of regular season to like kind of ease into the playoffs, just for like health standpoint. That I think that would be yeah. the only thing because I think seating wise, I would agree. Like you kind of know where everyone's at, but just yeah. for a like, health standpoint and like where they want to get to to get into playoff mode, I think that's why you would need to have those yeah. last couple weeks of regular season. Yeah, it's not like baseball where you can like where like a break is needed. It's like a super grind season. Like eighty two games is not. Not that much, especially when you when you're in that shape, when you're prepared, and you're yeah. just kind of in the groove. I totally see, especially because like basketball is kind of a sport where you're like, it's it, there's some intangibles where you're just on fire. You know, you just got it going on, and that would seem like the Lakers just had this momentum that was not stopping anytime soon. Um, but yeah, going back to your point about the LeBron thing, I, I definitely think that could be a case because I think if the season. Because, uh, like, I know Bleach Report, they just started. I don't know if they already did it. Cause I saw the announcement today. If they're going to do it soon. But they were going to just, oh, like, name them MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defense Player of the Year, et cetera, et cetera. But now, just based on what we saw. And I think he would have, like, a legitimate case right now. Whereas I think, although Giannis was hurt, but I think if the season had just gone on potentially, it would have been potentially no more in Giannis's favor as the Bucks would probably be in the one seed by a yeah. huge margin. Well, in our last memory of LeBron, like, well, obviously they lost the last game of the before it got canceled, they lost to Brooklyn, but, like, no one actually watched that game. The last two games yeah. he played before that, though, was beating the Clippers and then beating the Bucks. So that was yeah. a really, yeah, things were kind of clicking for him in general. Yeah. Other NBA news, off the top, did you watch the uh, 2K tournament or the uh, horse at all yesterday? Yeah, oh, I, yeah, so I watched the 2K. The 2K was entertaining. Oh, I, I you like think that? that I, I thought I it was mean, boring. In, in the scope of what's going on right now, like, everything's boring. That's so true. I was like, obviously, I wouldn't pick to watch this over, like, you know, I'd rather watch, like, a, a, golf, game, a golf match than this, right. or tennis or something. But, like, nothing is going on right now. And I think that the, the NBA is, did a good job of at least trying, like, hey, you know, let's get, like, Devin Booker and, like, you know, some of these guys who are, like, mm-hmm. kind of stars, but they're not that famous. Good Let's just get them out there. They can yeah. do something to people watch. The horse competition, I will say, was not enjoyable to watch. Look, I, I was the opposite. I like the horse competition. I thought it was funny seeing these guys' backyards they're playing in. I like watching Zach yeah. Levine pulling off these crazy layups on that old man, Paul Pierce. And I actually thought the Chris Paul, Allie Quigley one um, was really entertaining, too. Uh, yeah. He was shooting the lights out, and he ended up beating them. I, the video quality on that wasn't great, but I thought, and like yeah. you said, obviously I'd prefer to be watching like an actual game, but just yeah. because we want some sort of competition, I thought that was a little bit more entertaining than the 2K one. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that is really weird, which is a problem that we were going to have to face, and then that didn't happen, but we might have to face in the future, is like, I don't know, silent sports is just not... It's just not the same, you know? Mm-hmm. At least in 2K, you have, like, the simulated crowd noise right. and, like, surprisingly could even, like, make a 2K game intense. But, like, I don't know. They're just shooting in their backyards. It seems kind of, like, awkward, to be honest. Yeah. No, I, I, I feel that. I, yeah. It's going to be weird. I will say, on, the, on this point, though, one thing, because you look around uh, all of, like, the major sports, uh, NBA is obviously on the front doing, what like, what they're doing. Um... And uh, NFL did like the Madden tournament. I think that ended. Um, I don't even remember who won. Uh, and even like soccer, like European leagues are they're doing their like social media, whatever, whatnot. One thing 
Dude, I'm telling you right now, there's literally no nothing going on. The MLB needs to do something with they're, their players. They're having a 2K, or not a 2K, they're having a show, the MLB The Show tournament coming oh, up. they are? Yeah, I think there's one player from each team. I know. I think Ian Happ's playing for the Cubs, and I know Lucas Giolito's doing it for the Sox. So that, that's what I heard okay. they were trying to do. Because, I, yeah, I agree, they were kind of floundering yeah. there. Well, while we're on the topic of MLB, before we get into that, we'll get into our big basketball news later. Uh, yeah. First thing we want to talk about, they, they were talking about MLB possibly coming back um, and playing in the spring training stadiums down in Florida and Arizona. Now, I think Florida would be tougher just because the governor down there is taking a little longer to go to the uh, yeah. quarantining, so that's kind of a compromised state right now. It's kind of up in the air. But they realigned the divisions for the year, and I don't know if you got the chance to look at them, but there's some interesting one. The one that really stood out yeah. to me, and this isn't me being biased, but the White Sox all of a sudden went from one of the easiest divisions in baseball, which is why I had them making the playoffs this year, because they could beat up on the Royals and the uh, um, yeah. all these bottom feelers. Uh, and the Indians. Yeah. Uh, now, all of a sudden, they're in a division with the Dodgers, the Cincinnati Reds, who just added all that talent. The Indians still, and then the Los Angeles Angels, who have uh, Mike Trout and um, Anthony Rendon now. I, <laughs> that was rough. Um, the Cubs division's interesting. They got the Giants, Diamondbacks, Rockies, and Athletics. So, solid. Yeah. I don't think anything too crazy. Um, let's see what else. The Brewer. This could be a tough one. The Northwest, the uh, Brewers, Padres, Mariners, Rangers, and Royals. Actually, no, that's not that bad. Yeah. I, yeah. No. The, I'm looking. I'm actually looking right now. And the White Sox won um, with like the Dakota projected records, which you know take that with a grain of salt. Whatever. They're projected to be the bottom feeder of that one at 83 and 79. Um, yeah, I think that'd be tough for the Reds because um, I think you said they had a ton of talent. I think they'll be pretty good, um, and that'd be a tough one. I think the Cubs. No, I, I saw that and I said, hmm, this, this seems very nice because with the A's, D-backs, I mean, Rockies and Giants, not a ton. Not horrible. Like, the, I mean, the Giants and the Rockies, you're going to pick up a couple wins. The, the Arizona's kind of like right in the middle where it's like, I don't know, they, they're not great either, yeah. I guess. Oakland would probably be the tough one, but that's almost, yeah, that's almost favorable. It's not like the NL Central is going to be that tough this year anyway, but I think that almost... It favors yeah. them a lot. It's a little bit more favorable there. Um, yeah. We, uh, I can only hope that uh, it comes back. Um, yeah. I think going off kind of like these projected uh, these divisions, I think the MLB, because I, I, was, I was looking, there's like, I mean, you, you could go down a rabbit hole of the possibilities that uh, the MLB has suggested. I mean, I, I saw um, potentially playing in Japan, Japanese stadiums. Because they have already kind of gotten hit hard by coronavirus, and now they're kind of ahead of schedule when it comes to the United States. They're they're mm. hoping to reopen their uh, sports league soon. Um, I think. I mean, uh, I can't imagine a world where like we're if we're still having like a lot of hospitalizations and a lot of deaths due to coronavirus, and having the MLBE with like all their tests and like you know playing down in Florida using up money. Um, because, I mean, that would be like a read-the-room kind of situation where, like, dude, like, if there's still, like, a, a little bit of this pandemic going on, like, we cannot be, waste, like, wasting time and resources with sports. Um, and I also think that if the MLB does, like, start up, even if it's in, like, Florida or whatever, they would have to, they would have to 
uh, uh, to like save face, uh, a take a lot of pay cuts, and b probably donate a lot of money to like you know various organizations that help with coronavirus. Because like, I mean, right now no one's no one's concerned about Mike Trout missing out on his you know multi million dollar deal. We're concerned like we're concerned about like the nurses and whatnot. Hi, I mean. I understand what you're saying, but I think ML, you could have said the same thing about NFL free agency. It's like, oh, they went through that, and we're talking about all these guys getting paid a bunch of money and Tom Brady buying Jeter's mansion in Florida. But I think it was almost like a nice distraction from everything going on where people just like want to like listen to and like talk about yeah. something other than coronavirus. Where I don't even think – I think if they, were, if they found a way to play these games, I think yeah. people would be happy about it regardless of how much these guys yeah. are getting paid because it's just like, hey, it's something we can watch and talk about other than – coronavirus going on so yeah. i mean that's that's where i am yeah. i mean i'm i'm hoping that regardless that like even if it's not safe to like you know pack, pack out wrigley field that we can still see cubs baseball so i agree in that aspect because i agree that i mean people need some something else to talk about right. like you said and something to worry about that's not you know the serious life and death matter. It's and just, I, you know, sports. We need it back. I think out of all the sports, too, and obviously it'd be weird watching um, a game with no fans in attendance, but baseball would be the most watchable with no fans. Yes. Because it's, like, yeah. the least effective, especially being a Sox fan. I'm used to an empty stadium over there. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, well, it would stink to not have fans. It'd be, like, a little eerie. And I know the Sox actually played a game like that against the uh, Orioles a couple years back when there's all the riots in Baltimore. And that was, like, yeah. weird. But it was still, like, watchable. Where, like, I don't NBA would just be, like, eerie. Where it's, yeah. there's no fans. Yeah, there's no hockey or I football. Mean, talk about eerie. Watching the Champions League with soccer with no fans I mean that was absolutely bizarre because like I mean I think soccer basketball especially when it comes to like playoffs like I mean I'll tell you playoff basketball with no fans would be horrible remotely close to the same there's like crickets yeah did you see the one music during I mean it'd be like a scrimmage whereas baseball like I agree that it could be because I mean you, you, you know there's not Unless it's like a home run hit, or if it's like a close, really close game. I mean, there are games where like the fans don't have a huge impact on it. No, I, the postseason's a little different because it gets louder, and like obviously, so it's a little. But like the regular season, which is what we'd be in now, it wouldn't have. I don't think that yeah. effect. Where the NBA, like you were saying, like they have to pump in. We went to that Bulls Suns game. I mean, they they have to pump in music anyway just to get a little juice in the place. So, yeah. like, with no fans in general, and, like, I mean, I don't know. That'd be, yeah. be horrible. Because, like, yeah. as of it is right now, to get fans entertained, they got to play music while the game's going on. They have gorillas jumping off of trampolines at halftime, people running on the court every time out, dancing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would just be yeah. bizarre. Yeah, I mean, like, there would probably be, for any league that continued, because I know, I, I mean, even hockey, I believe their playoffs would have started soon. Yeah. Um, if I'm correct. And the NBA playoffs would have started in, like, less than a week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, even if like we continued and they just like hand the rest of the regular season, there would kind of be an asterisk by whoever won. But at the same time, like people just want to get back to it, and I don't think anyone would. Hopefully, people would. The teams that would miss out on the playoffs would not care a whole lot about. Yeah, just getting on with the, the I leagues. Mean, yeah. The one thing I'd be concerned about, and like one, I don't think we're gonna be. I, it's a tough pill to swallow, but I don't think we're anywhere close to having fans yeah. back in the stadiums. But uh, the oh, athletic director for Ohio State made a good point. They're worried about like college football season not starting. And he's like, listen, if it's not safe for fans to go in there, 
what makes it safe for all these players to be yeah. playing in there? And anyway, and especially for college where you're not getting paid, I mean, that's a decent point. Yeah. And I guess you could have the test for all of them, but then it would be the optics like, oh, all these guys are getting tested and uh, regular people can't get one. So, I don't know. It's, it's uh, Hopefully it ends soon. Speaking of something that ended, um, actually, it didn't end soon. It took a while and it was drawn out, but a new era of Bulls basketball has officially yeah. begun. Gar Foreman was fired today. And John Paxson was moved to an advisor role as the Bulls hired Arturis Karnasovas. I am still going to, we'll just call him Arturis for now. Uh, he was named the VP of Basketball Operations. He came from the Denver Nuggets. I'm actually very, uh, I mean, like most Bulls fans, I'm happy that we're moving on. Um, I think yeah. this is a great hire for him. One, he was very, I mean, he had a bunch of playoff teams over there in Denver. He drafted really yeah. well with Jokic. Um, he has like, international connections everywhere. Uh, he's, well, he was one of the heads of like, some world basketball thing. So like, if you wanted a basketball player from uh, Africa or whatever, he'd probably know a guy over there, which is huge. So he's yeah. got a bunch of connections like that. He did now, and this is just the Bulls fan coming out of me, welcoming him into Chicago, so you have to criticize him, obviously. He did trade Donovan Mitchell, which uh, is a, yeah. a black spot on the record, but overall, I thought it was a good hire. I've heard nothing but good things. Uh, what did, do you have any thoughts on the move? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not really a Bulls fan, but as, a, as someone who is around a bunch of Bulls fans, it seems a little too good to be true <laughs> yeah. when, Gar, when, when uh, Guard Packs got fired. Because, I mean, and it really is a shame. I mean, we, I think we've talked about it earlier, but, I mean, you see all the, the primetime videos, and I know the Michael Jordan documentary is coming soon, and just to see how the mighty have fallen. Um, no, no. And it is a shame because I think, I mean, this is a move that was obviously a long time coming. I think it's a little bit overdue as, like, you know, the Bulls the past couple of years have not drafted super well, drafted super well. And I think, I mean, after the 2010 eras with uh with d rose and you know you kind of hung on to that with jimmy butler uh and and company it kind of became a point where it's like man there's been a lot of seasons that have just kind of come and gone with no opportunity mm-hmm. of success like not even the chance right with the rosters that are available um but yeah i mean really good for the city i think the bulls needed they're in dire desperate need of new faces around the organizations and coming from the nuggets good organization like you said i think they've built a, a winning culture over there as of recently they haven't won anything but they've certainly got a lot better especially with they got a lot better without signing just like cashing out max deals to like big time players you know yeah like the, the to find Jamal Murray, who's kind of been a diamond in the rough. I mean, who knew? Who heard of Jamal Murray? Right, and it was late. Yeah, and he. You know? It was later in the the draft where he picked these guys up, which I I like a lot. Um, you look yeah. at you look at the guard for the one thing I was very excited about. Um, was I think there's a chance that the coaches can be changed now. Because I am yes. not a Boylan fan by any means. And I mean, I'll give this to, like, it, they were held on Gar Pax a little bit too long because Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner, is loyal almost to a fault. Like, when he yeah. fired uh, for the White Sox, too, you saw this happen. Kenny Williams was the general manager of the Sox in 2005 when they won the World Series. Well, he made yeah. a couple a couple years after, he kind of made a couple boneheaded moves. They were, like, in mediocrity. And so they ended up firing him, but he still wouldn't get rid of him. He just moved him into another advising role, which you kind of saw with John Paxton. So even when he gets yeah. rid of him, he doesn't really get rid of him. But I'm, I'm, I think so. It was almost shocking, like you said. It was like, oh, my God, this is too good to be true. He's actually yeah. moving on from someone. 
Um, but yeah, like I'm glad because I think the coach is we're finally going to move on from the coach. And we saw Laurie Markin and was saying, "Hey, I want to play for a winner. I might request a trade here," which isn't good because that's like a young piece that you're trying to build yeah. around. So I think the Artur has said all the right things in his press conference today. Uh, he said he wants to play a faster pace of basketball, up tempo, which. Boylan didn't really do that was more Fred Hoiberg styles and I guess with the coronavirus they have plenty of time to sit down and talk to him and evaluate the coaching yeah. staff so you don't have to make any hasty decisions but um, I'm excited man I, I think we got uh, you got a chance with uh, I, I don't know if you saw did you see uh, Dinwiddie's tweets uh, about how he would rebuild the Bulls if he was the GM um, no, I didn't see that. So, yeah, when the Bulls said they were, they were looking for another guy, Spencer Dinwiddie for Brooklyn, he was tweeting, he's like, because he used to play for the Bulls, he's like, all right, I, I want to submit my request. So he's on Twitter building the Bulls roster. He said, the first thing I would do is trade myself to the Bulls, um, and, like, I would be the first ever player GM. So you'd have him and Levine as your, like, point guards or whatever. <laughs> and then I think he said he was going to um, – Oh, what else did he, he he wanted to sign Anthony Davis when he came to free a, a, agency yeah. and make a sign and trade. Yeah. I think he was going to trade uh, Lowry Markinen and uh, a draft pick for him. Then he was going to draft Obi Toppin, I think, in the draft. And it was it's funny if you get the chance yeah. to look it up. Yeah, like, he's uh, a funny Twitter follow. I'll tell you that. I mean, uh, looking at his lineup, uh, it wasn't it wasn't all crazy. So I'm um, hoping we yeah. go in a similar direction. It wasn't. I mean, yeah. it's weird looking uh, at their tenure for the Bulls because like. They had D Rose fall into their lap, which was yeah. nice, and they had all those conference championship teams, and then they missed out on signing LeBron, and they fell just yeah. short, and then they're just kind of mediocre, and then you have the Jimmy Butler trade, so it was a wild, yeah. long I, ride. I do think another thing, reason why this is like absolutely massive for the Bulls is like, I mean, they 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 haven't been good, and they they got a bunch of scrubs. They've always had a high draft pick, and they've always had a decent amount of money to throw around, but. I mean, we saw, with all the free agency that went down last year, the Bulls were never even mentioned in, like, any of it. No. Like, no one wanted to go there. They, everyone knew that that, admin, that uh, administration, that management, was going to be gone soon. And, no, and everyone, no, no one wants to play for Jim Bowen. Like, when you have the opportunity no. to go to a new team and sign, like, a max deal, you're not going to sign a four-year deal for the, for the old Bulls management. And I think with a new, fresh face that is known around the league, I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey. Like we're, we're rebuilding and we're, we're coming to the full force of it, you know? Right. And Chicago is such a good basketball town that's been starving for a good basketball team. And uh, I think, you know, just being a good city isn't enough, obviously. That's why we don't attract any free agents. That's why New York hasn't gotten any. You have to look like, if you look like a competent destination, then people will go there, like whether, like how good your team is or not. You just got to get the right pieces and have a front office that looks like it knows what it's doing and that'll be more attractive than all the bumbling that's going on now where you have boiling calling late timeouts and guard pack yeah. so I think you know I think it was the right move they still kept Paxson in an advisory role which some people were upset about and I wasn't I mean I, I'm glad they're out but he didn't have a horrible scouting eye I mean if you look at some of the moves I do think the Jimmy Butler trade for Zach Levine Chris Dunn and Lowry Markin I do think they got a pretty good deal out of that so yeah. it hasn't been all bad in the tenure but it was definitely time to move on and I'm glad they did let's We'll finish, we'll wrap it up here with some NFL stuff. Uh, we'll start, you had some strong feelings about the Brandon Cooks trade. He just got traded to the Houston Texans. Uh, let yeah. it rip, my friend. The floor is yours. Yeah. I mean, I remember, so I, was, I was sitting doing whatever, and then I see my phone light up, and, uh, you know, I saw Brandon Cooks been traded to the Texans. Um and obviously, you know, my first thought is, oh, you know, they, they, they did their best to replace DeAndre Hopkins. And he's a receiver. He's a name that people know. Um, 
I, I'm, I'm thinking, I was like, wait, Brandon Cooks' name has come up early in a free agency, but he, 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 he's not, a, he's not a free agent. Why is that? And it's because the L.A. Rams were desperate to ship this guy off to another NFL team because, in classic L.A. Rams fashion, uh, as we saw, they they traded Keep to leave away a while ago. They just cut Todd Gurley. Um, it's because they cashed so many huge contracts that now it's all catching up to them, and they cannot pay. They can't pay their guys to keep a decent payroll um, for the draft, and they, they, they have no free agency, no cap space. And I'm thinking to myself, if the reason you traded DeAndre Hopkins, an undisputed top three, top two, top one receiver in the NFL, because you didn't want to pay him the money, why are we trading draft picks for a dude... Brandon Cooks, who's had concussion problems in the past, who's been good in the past, but hasn't been nearly as good as he was two, three years ago when he was on the Saints and the Patriots. Why are we training for this dude who's getting shipped off because he has a huge contract? I mean, when you look at what the Texans have done, the next two years, they're going to be paying him and the other signee they had, Randall Cobb, who hasn't been very good since, I don't know, when, like three years ago when he was on the Packers. They're going to pay Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb the next two years. $40 million. And you're mm-hmm. telling me you don't want to pay DeAndre Hopkins that type of money to stick around? And look, I get why they did it because they said, let's just ship off our best offensive weapon and hope that our uh, stud of a rookie or uh, a son of a quarterback, someone who's rookie deal, Deshaun Watson, will want to stick around. And then he said, wait, I don't want to stick around. If you're going to trade all, away all my pieces who are this good in the NFL, and they said, oh, we got to get someone back. They made a panic move to get Brandon Cooks. It is stupid. It made no sense. They should never have traded away DeAndre Hopkins. And Bill O'Brien doesn't know what he's doing. No. He's making reactionary he's making moves up stuff just on because the spot. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. Uh, it's, I mean, you need another. Uh, you had to replace him somehow. So from that standpoint, I understand why you would go acquire another receiver. But the fact that you had Bill Belichick had him, got rid of him, and Sean McVay had him, and they were willing to trade him, says a lot. Because those are two, I think we'd all agree, pretty smart coaches, and he's not sticking around anywhere. Sean Payton also had him in New Orleans. Didn't stick. That's three smart offensive, oh, two offensive-minded coaches, and one's Bill Belichick, who's arguably the greatest coach of all time. And they wanted nothing. Like They're like, yeah, you can have them. They were, they were quick to ship them off. So I think that says a lot about the guy you just traded for. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. And I mean, I mean, picture this. If the Texans just don't make any trades, then they have Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, who's now healthy. I mean, they still have Carlos Hyde as a running back. Mm-hmm. And also, one thing that we're not mentioning is that this draft is stocked full of talent, especially at wide receiver. Yes. Oh, I my mean, God, can, yes. You can draft a dude in the third round at wide receiver, and he'll be a perfect number two, number three receiver for a, a, a starting NFL yeah. offense who's trying to compete. It makes no it makes no sense. If they had just done nothing and then, then trade away a premium talent, they would have been in so much better shape. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I... It just, it, just, it just makes no sense to me. I mean, you look at his, his pro football focus grade, three years ago it was 85. Two years ago it was around 70-something, and last year it was 64. There's a visible decline in his stats, in his numbers, and he's got concussion issues. And the other thing that shows why this was not a good trade is the Packers are obviously in need of offensive weapons. They got, I mean, they got one good receiver, Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. And the Rams are trying to ship him off to Green Bay, and Green Bay said, uh, yeah, we're no, 
no, no thanks. We're good on that. Because they don't want to pay him that much money. If, if a team that has no weapons is going to say no to this guy who's being offered to them, that, that says a lot about this guy's value. It just makes it makes no no sense. Not to mention, they're going to have to pay David Johnson, who's nowhere near his former, you know, one good season. Yeah. They're going to have to pay him $11 million. That doesn't make any sense. Well, and then off of two, David Johnson has had his injury problems. Will Fuller is, like, guaranteed to miss at least three games. Randall Cobb's yeah. had his injury problems. That's why he couldn't stick in Green Bay. Their whole offensive, they're all, all their offensive weapons are going to be in the hospital ward. Meanwhile, Deshaun Watson, he's got no offensive line help really up front. He's yeah. going to be getting pulverized. It's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be a rough year for the yeah. Texans. I mean, I'd be, I'd be genuinely shocked to see Deshaun Watson re-sign a contract with the Texans. I mean, you didn't sound happy, way, yeah. I wouldn't be either. Yeah. The way they handle and like they're obviously trying to like get him weapons because they probably realize that like I mean we have seen it with like Mr. Bisky, well not Mr. Bisky, but like Jared Goff and like these type of guys were like, Okay, we're gonna have to pay him soon. Big Q B money. So, you know, we got we gotta show him that we that he wants to stay in Houston by, you know, getting getting these getting these contracts off while while they're while they're on their rookie deal. And it's just, it, it, they're reactionary, they're short-sighted, they just, not looking at the big picture. And I mean, Bill O'Brien, I mean, what has he done right in the past two years, you know? Yeah. It's been, it's been, a, I don't even, I, it, I, it's inexplicable. I mean, I don't think he's a, and obviously he's made some bad decisions coaching-wise, and it's a lot to be a GM and a coach. Like, I don't think he, yeah. they, they shouldn't have given him the keys, the car, but, I don't think he's going to be getting fired anytime soon because if you look at him, he's had a pretty impressive resume. Like he took a team yeah. led by Tom Savage to the playoffs. Like, he consistently mm-hmm. he gets to the postseason. Um, so he's not. I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Let's look yeah. at that. I, I mean, I find this fascinating. I've been looking at some of the mock drafts and stuff like that for the NFL draft. Um, I mean, the one every everyone has Joe Burrow pretty much going to the Bengals as a consensus. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little concerned for Joe Burrow. Because he, he couldn't win the starting job in his first college uh, over in Ohio State. I mean, no big that, that happened. So he transfers over to LSU. He really didn't pop until his senior year. And that's when he had arguably one of the best college football teams of all time, a lot of people say. It's not true. I think the 95 Cornhuskers were the best, but that's neither here nor there. Um, they, like, he had a ton of weapons around him. He has, I mean, you know, he is one of the best receivers that's not going to get drafted because he's not eligible um, still on that team. So I think you're going to be facing the Bengals. If you're the Bengals, it's not a whole lot of offensive line help. And you're going to be facing the Ravens defense, the Steelers defense. Um, it's going to be tough. I mean, I I wish him luck. And the Browns, too. I mean, they got a ton of guys in the defensive end. You got Miles Garrett swinging helmets at people. Yeah. If I was Joe Burrow, I'd be, like, crapping myself. I'm like, crap, I got to go to Cincinnati, man. I, I yeah. would be concerned. Um, the other thing I noticed, all these people have the Dolphins trading up for uh, the Tua. Um, the one I'm looking yeah. at right now for CBS, they had them trading with the Lions. Now, I think for the Lions' perspective, I hear they want um, this Jeff Akuda, who's a cornerback from Oklahoma yeah. or uh, yeah, yeah. Ohio State. So I don't, I don't understand it. I think if I was them, I would be trying to draft a quarterback personally because uh, Stat Padford's not getting the job done. But I mean, yeah. if you want your cornerback, I think it would be smart for them to trade because you can get him later, a couple picks later. But if I'm the Dolphins, if I'm being honest, I don't think I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is a serviceable quarterback. You have a bunch of picks in the first round. I would almost 
I would get a bunch of defensive guys because the head coach down there, a New England guy, he's in defense, get some defensive pieces. And then later in the draft, I would draft that Jordan Love from Utah State. I think a lot. he's a very intriguing prospect. He could sit behind Fitzpatrick for a year, learn from him a little bit so he doesn't have to get rushed on, kind of like Mahomes was. You know, you get a year to learn, which has been very beneficial, and then let him take the keys over. And uh, you're not risking with the I, – I like Tua, but I think he's injury prone. I wouldn't trade up for him. If I'm the Dolphins, I'm getting some steel positions and defensive guys elsewhere, and I'm drafting Jordan Love later in the draft. Um, yeah. that's, uh, that's two yeah, things no, I noticed. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I kind of agree with you on that. I think the Dolphins are like they're, they, they, did, look, they did very well for themselves last year mm-hmm. trading away and getting all these draft picks. Um, and I, I, I kind of agree. I don't, I don't think they need to rush the process of rebuilding and try and you know, do something now. Um, I mean, I think if Tua doesn't have that hip injury this could be a way different conversation, but I mean that injury was no that was no that was no like, you know, broken, you know, ankle or something like that. That was that was, that was a big one. Um go back to your Joe Burrow point, I think honestly, I cannot remember a uh draft recently where the number like one through three, one through five picks have been like less important, I feel like. Because, I mean, even the, the Broncos at 15, and they're rumored to be tr- potentially training up, I mean, they got a whole lot of talent that they can choose from in a mid-round pick, mm-hmm. you know? I think that, you know, Joe Burrow, I, 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 Joe Burrow and Chase Young were the two guys who were, like, elevated above everyone else. And I think, I mean, I, I, I remember this was during the college football season, but they were saying that, you know, Joe Burrow is obviously the number one pick, and that's who that they, you know, you need a quarterback, you get him, but Chase Young is the best player to come out of this draft. Mm, I, um, I'd agree. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, 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 I kind of agree with the, the Dolphins' point, though. I don't think they need to rush it. I think Tua. I like I Tua, know. too. I, like, I yeah. think Tua is going to be a better NFL quarterback than Joe Burrow. And not to say Joe Burrow is going to be a bust, but I think Tua is going to land in a better situation. Um, yeah. And I think, I, think, I think the raw talent thing, I mean, he's shown he can do it uh, longer than Joe Burrow did because Joe Burrow had the one good year. So I like Tua a little better, but I agree. I don't... I mean, I don't say I would. I would. I would yeah. take a chance on Jordan Love and get some pieces elsewhere yeah. if I was them. The other guy yeah. I really like, a lot of people don't, um, is AJ Epinesa uh, from Iowa. Iowa. I don't know what it is. Like they're always like middle of the pack, ranked like nineteenth every year. Never really a Big Ten contention, but always like a solid ten win team. You know. Um, yeah. But they always they pump out all these NFL guys, and I watched this kid against Nebraska by the end of the year, and he was doing this all season long. Even the game bowl game against uh, USC, the guy was a beast. I think he had two sacks against Nebraska. He, he he didn't have a good combine, so that's like hurt his stock a little bit. But I think whoever picks him up, it'll be a late first round pick. Is going to be they're going to get a steal yeah. out of him, and no one ever talks about him. But that's the guy yeah. I like. I don't know Is anyone you uh, stick out for to you or I think for me. Uh... Isaiah Simmons, linebacker from Clemson. Uh, yes, I think yeah. that dude was a freak uh, in the national championship game. I think he was fantastic. Um, and one thing, it's kind of two points. I think, you know, the Broncos, for my personal sake, um, are kind of in need of a receiver, and it's at the perfect time. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have been linking them with Henry Ruggs. That's the guy um, that this, or, yeah, the yeah, draft I'm looking Henry at right now. Judy's on there. I think C.E. Lamb's going to be too, uh, too rich for their blood. Um but I think that's great. And then um, another another point. I was oh my goodness, I totally just blank. Um, 
was going to say. Isaac Henry Ruggs, combined with Court and Sutton, if we, you give yeah. those weapons to Drew Locke, I mean, watch yeah. out, man. Uh, and they, the, who the Broncos did? Didn't they just get a running back, too? They signed? Uh, Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. So, <laughs> the rich just got richer. They already were pretty deep at running back. Um, yeah, with, with Lindsey Lindsay and Gordon are going to be like the one-two. They're Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. Oh, honestly. Uh, defense. Yeah. I think, too, oh, Philip. Oh, go ahead. Make your point. Make your point. Yeah, I, I just remember what I was going to say. I think one thing, and the Broncos are already going to do this, but I think one thing that coronavirus has kind of helped people see is that when you're drafting these guys, and obviously I'm no NFL expert, I'm no NFL GM, but I think the tape says the tale. Like, that's what I think a lot of teams should be looking at. I think the combine, like, dude, I don't care what this guy's 40, yes. 40 times, oh you know? Gosh. Unless you're, like, a boundary corner or, like, a wide receiver deep threat. Like, I think a lot of this stuff, like, doesn't really matter. Totally. A perfect, a perfect uh, example of that is DK Metcalf. I mean, this dude's combine numbers are kind of bad. And yet, you know, if, if you look at the dude and you watch him play, you know, there's so much more than just numbers on the combine, combine is just an underwear Olympics like you're not sprinting it, like you're sprinting in pads in the NFL you're not running with like these tights on it's so yeah. stupid same with like you see all these pro day workouts a pro day workout is the most comfortable thing you can have because they're training for it and practicing exactly what routes they're gonna run who the quarterback's yeah. throwing to it's so scripted and comfortable they're having it at their college stadium where all the scouts are seeing where the NFL is all about discomfort so I yeah. totally agree. The, the tape doesn't lie. All right, You just got to look yeah. at the game film. I, I, I think the combine and these pro days are so overrated. Yeah, um, I totally agree. 100%. Let's see. Let's finish uh, the XFL, sadly. We had the podcast earlier this year saying, would it last? And I said it would, yes. and it doesn't look like it's going to last. This one was no fault of their own. But coronavirus looks like they said they're stopping league operations and they yeah, most likely will not be back. Yeah. Did they really? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's totally a shame. I think, you know, they had a pretty good model for what they were trying to do. I think they had some unique ideas. Um, and, I, I mean, you know, you will never know, but I think I agree with some people who they, they can kind of latch onto this, like, casual viewers who just really want to watch football type of metric, which is very large. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it, I, I really feel for the players who felt like they had a good shot of, uh, of, of you know, making it potentially the NFL. I think, I don't even know who it was, but I think one guy recently got signed, uh, an offensive tackle. I, I know a bunch of them did. The guy that was the best player in the league for Houston, it was like P.J. Walker, I believe. Oh, I the think. quarterback. I think he went to Baltimore as their backup. Um, and I know the quarterback for St. Louis got signed, too. Uh, let me look that up. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know the, the Broncos recently... Panthers, sorry. He went to the Panthers. P.J. Yeah, Walker yeah. went to the Panthers. Go ahead. The, the, the Broncos recently re-signed a cornerback who they got from the AAF uh, two years ago. Because he, he, he played pretty well. And I think, like, you know... There's some diamonds in the rough with these guys that can uh, that can play, so it's a shame. One one last thing we can touch on very briefly. We were talking about big money contracts. Somebody just signed one. Christian McCaffrey, four mm-hmm. years, uh, sixteen mil a year. I believe it came out to around sixteen million dollars. Um, I I'm, I'll, I'll say it. I think we we've talked enough about big contracts for skill players. I think they they better hope that he stays healthy and he stays good because that's. 
That's a thing. Especially, he's not even just a running back last year. He was there basically their pass. He was a receiver, a running back, kick yeah. returner. I mean, it was like three and one. So uh, you're getting your money's worth with him. But like you said, health wise, I mean, he gets used so much. He's getting hit almost yeah. every other play. So I hope he can hold up. I mean, we saw with Todd Gurley, he didn't yeah. hold up. So yeah, hopefully they're not you know cutting him or trading him for a six round pick in three years. But you know, we'll never know. Last thing, actually, I know we keep saying last thing we want to talk last about. Thing, yeah. Did you hear the Tom Brady Howard Stern interview at all? I did not, actually. And all it was, if you get the chance, people, listen to this interview. It was phenomenal. He talked about Rob Gronkowski's balls. He talked about his relationship with Giselle. He talked I, about that. I did actually hear the snippets of the, his relationship one. Yeah, that was that was really interesting. I was surprised. I mean, Howard Stern has that like way where like he can get catch people off guard, you know, and kind of get them to open up. So it was like surprising yeah. to hear some of the stuff that he said. I think he said they almost had like a divorce at one point. He was doing yeah. all of his football stuff, and she's like, "Yo, I kind of want to do other things too." She's ended up writing him a letter. Uh, he told a story where he got hit one game. And he said one of his uh, testicles swolled up the size of an orange. So Matt Castle, the backup quarterback, was, like, drawing pictures of him in the locker room and kept sticking it on his locker every day, apparently. So that was kind of interesting. Um, it was, if you get the chance, I would highly recommend listening to it. You get the, uh, it's very interesting. Derek Jeter's his landlord, too. So Yeah, I did see that. That was... Uh... That was that was certainly something. That was an odd odd news to hear in a sports world that has very little news these days. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, well, I, I, Tampa's going to be fun, interesting to watch this year. Um, hopefully, yeah. the football season starts on time. But that is one I'm very look, much looking forward to. The other one that came yeah. out of it was he said he knew he was going to leave New England basically by the start of the season, which I think was another interesting little nugget out of that. Well, yeah. Um, any final yeah. thoughts? You, you got anything else? Uh, let's see. The two things I want to see, to be totally honest with you, is sports coming back. Uh, one thing I really want to see is Cam Newton go to the playoffs with the Patriots. I think that'd be amazing. I think that'd be amazing too. I don't think. I think I heard though they like that Jared Stidham. So yeah. I mean, I guess we'll yeah, see. Stick with him. Um, but I am. Um, he deserves to get some type of shot. I wish the Bears. I yeah. wish the Bears took a chance on him. I guess we're we're stuck. Well, we're sticking with Nick Foles, but. Um, I, I would agree. I would agree with you there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that'll wrap it up. Thanks for thanks for listening. We know you guys don't better to do, but we'll we'll still thank you anyways. Um, hopefully, we can get out of our houses and doing more active things in the coming days. Yes, yeah, definitely. But you know, go for a walk or something, yes. and you can you can listen to our voices. I, I guess you would yes. if you if you got to this point, you already did. So we appreciate that if you made it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. All right, we'll see you guys. Uh, hopefully, yeah, we'll have another one more sports news. Stay safe. Yeah, stay safe.